Welcome to Beautiful Black Birthing. This is a safe space for women to come and listen and be encouraged by positive birth stories. I'm your host, Paida Ogunbi. Hello, mamalitas. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Beautiful Black Birthing. Today's birth story will be a two-part birth story of Vanessa, and I cannot wait for you to hear her birth story as it is so, so encouraging. Okay, so let's get into some five-star reviews. I just realized that Apple iTunes has a US side and a Canada side, so I don't always get to see the US reviews because I'm on the Canadian side, but I just discovered some US reviews, so let me read one five-star review out to you, mamalitas. So today's five-star review comes from Milka the Queen. Yes, Queen, okay. It's titled Changing the Narrative. It says, Greetings, Pida. Thanks for creating a space for one of, if not the most vulnerable minorities. Appreciate you and the awareness you are bringing to us. May we as listeners not only tune in for the entertainment, but be the driving force behind what brown births look like within our community. Thank you, Malka, for that five-star review. Or oh, is it Malka the Queen, okay, for that five-star review? Honestly, it is the fuel that keeps me going. And that's why, that's my big why of why I'm putting out these stories. I'm completely changing the narrative. And I think it's so crucial, especially for Black women, to hear other positive birth stories. And we have a pretty amazing positive birth story today. So let's get right into it. Hello, mamalitas. Welcome to Beautiful Black Birthing. So on today's podcast, we have Vanessa, and she's the wife and mama of two boys, and they live in Harrowsmith, Ontario, just outside of Kingston. Uh, she has worked as a social worker for both the criminal court for victim and accused, and um, she is an adoption worker, and now she works as a child protection worker. Uh, her passion is in pursuing a deeper relationship with Christ and uh, with equity, diversity, and inclusion advocacy, or EDI, which we might uh, refer to going forward. And she is currently working on her MBA, and when she has free time, she gardens indoor and outdoor. Welcome, Vanessa. Thanks Hi. for joining us. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's honestly really great to have you. And um, our listeners, I'm sure in a few minutes, are going to understand why your birth story is just so special and mm-hmm. the first on Beautiful Black Birthing. And I'm sure our mamalitas are so excited to hear the story as I buy. Oh, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to share my story. Yeah, thanks. So for today, you're going to focus, I know you have two boys, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to focus on your second birth. Is that right? Yes. I'm going yeah. to focus on my, uh, my little guy, Josiah, who is now one years old. Oh, it's so Yeah, sweet. and his birth story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that one year milestone is honestly so huge. Like the amount of things children learn in just their first year, it's right. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he um, wants to do everything. His, like yeah, yesterday, um, his brother got a scooter and he insisted on riding <gasps> the scooter, which he knows nothing about, by the way, you yeah. know, and so he is yeah. just active. They're, they're beautiful. They're, they're wild. They're free. They're yeah. loving and really just uh, blessed to really have them. Yeah, my husband and I are really lucky. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. So with your first birth, um, you you mentioned that you had a hospital birth with your first son, Mm -hmm. and and with your second son, um, what what was your birth plan with him? Yeah, so when I I knew after my first experience having a hospital birth and having OBYNG that I was very likely to have, go with a midwife. So I decided that was just, I just knew that from my experience the first time around. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I think even before I tested, I did a pregnancy test, a home pregnancy test. I called the midwife and I said, um, you know, can you get me on your roster to um, get a midwife? Because I didn't want to, I really wanted to make sure that I have a midwife and I didn't want to lose out. And so right. I called before I even um, was tested positive because we were trying and I knew that, um, you know, it's just only a matter of time, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, is there a lot of midwifery clinics around where you live? No. So in Kingston, which is really like, so imagine Kingston, we call it a KFLNA. So Kingston, Frontenac, and I can't remember the, the rest of the yeah. acronym, but something like the GTA. And so imagine all of Brampton, Toronto, um, Scarborough with only one midwife clinic. Wow. So there, yeah, yeah, we oh don't have, goodness. I think there's about, I want to say no more than 15 um, midwives that are available within the whole area. The closest town to us that would have its own midwife would be Ottawa or would be on the other side of Belleville. I think Belleville has your own, but that's quite the distance from my, and I mean, I don't think I would even qualify because it's a completely different township, right? But within our area, our geographical area, there is about 15 midwives and one midwife center for, wow. that serves all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand mm-hmm. why you, you were trying to secure a midwife <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your pregnancy with um, yeah. your second son? His name is Jerris. No, his name is Josiah. Jairus is our first. Jairus is and, your first. Josiah is yes. your second. Great. Yes. I love the yes. name Jairus. I don't think I've ever heard of such a unique name. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah we, we loved our J's. And it was one of the names that we had selected before we even got married. We're the weirdos that we're planning. <laughs> yes. Um, so my pregnancy with Josiah was, you know, pretty normal. We, I had a um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a child protection worker right now. And so yes. I mean, that job comes with a lot of unknowns, right? And so aside from just the um, unknown, you know, just being really anxious or just being very stressed at work, other than that, my pregnancy, I had a textbook perfect pregnancy, nothing yes. of concern, um, both pregnancies, in fact, nothing of concern. So I was a great candidate for to have a midwife. Um, mm. And so I didn't even, in fact, my family doctor didn't even know I was pregnant because I didn't, he didn't need to know. I just went straight <laughs> with a midwife. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, I, that sounds of, much like me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, you know, um, he was a very quiet baby. Didn't move around like too much compared to my first who would, you know, mm. play soccer and tennis ball. But Joe, <laughs> which, uh, Josiah was quite calm and collective and just really just, you know, turn around whenever he wanted to once in a while. And 
honestly, it was a great pregnancy. Like my, I am a smaller person in frame and I, the babies are, you know, they're a little bit bigger and how they sit. So, you know, just the regular um, pain and aches, but I didn't have any like food aversions or I didn't have any like, um, like, you know, I didn't throw up, like nothing like that. I had, I, I was okay. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. It sounds like yeah. a really positive um, pregnancy experience. Yeah, exactly. And I ate yeah. well, like, and I, you know, I ate well, um, you know, converse, controversial or not, but like, I didn't choose to do the prenatal. I took folic acid, but I um, just straight folic acid, but I, I ate very well and, you nice. know, and just, yeah, I had a great pregnancy. Oh, that's great. What was your decision not to um, take your routine prenatals? I don't like, I just felt like it was an overload um, yeah. of vitamins that I didn't need. And my doctor had me do a blood test because I, you know, I had asked about it, like, what were your thoughts on it? My midwife, right. sorry, not my doctor, the midwife. And she just said, Vanessa, you know, she was so good. So she was an English old lady. And I mean, I was born and raised in Ghana. And okay. my sense was a lot of my ancestors had babies and didn't go on all of these, you know, med- pump themselves the medication and they did quite well. Yes, there's the other side of the argument, but we're living in a first world country where food is readily available. I live right. about like five minutes from farms. I get my, yeah. <laughs> my, my vegetables from a farmer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so for me, I knew that I was eating good quality food. I had also done my due diligence by checking in with my daughter, doctor to make sure that my my levels were okay and they right. had no concerns. They were aware of this. I, of course, would never do this without consulting my, uh, my midwife. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that it also made me nauseous. Sense. Let's, okay. Yeah. It oh. made me really nauseous when I okay. would take the prenatals and that was also part of it. Let's, yeah, let me be clear about that. Yeah. Yes. So it was part of the reason why that I decided, you know what, is there any way that I can go about, you know, having a, a positive experience without, right. um, you know, yeah. And did you take prenatals with your first son? I did, but then I stopped, I think, halfway because it just, it did not, it did not. And I'm there. I know there's the other, um, it didn't sit well. I tried the Prevnit or something like that. It's another type of uh, prenatals that you take in like a smaller dose over, like over the course of a day. It just didn't work out. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think I took it the first few months. And then after that, I was like, okay, what can I do to my, to at that time, my family doctor and then my OBYNG. And they were okay with it. They just, what was more important that they stressed was to have uh, um, good iron and to have, um, yes. and to have um, folic acid or, or folate. That was what was really important for me to have. And so by their instructions, I made sure that both pregnancy that I was, um, was, I was on top of that. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you're already standing strong in your pregnancy and doing mm-hmm. what works for your body, you know, right. and already you're starting to advocate for yourself. So the midwives and, and the doctors, I'm sure, are already aware that, okay, mm-hmm. you know, that there, there is something different about you and that you're not just going to go down the traditional yeah. route and, and um, basically, yeah, do as told, but yeah. And that yeah, was really important to me, like not yeah. to be 
um, bossed around or kind of just shoveled around. Like exactly. this was me. It was happening to me. I knew what, exactly. what, it, what it felt like. Yes. And so not, again, not minimizing the importance of modern medicine. I think it's really important. Um, but for me and what I, I needed to understand the benefits. And I do have um, medical people in my family who are, you know, experts in this specific area, um, yes. um, child delivery and um, OBYNG and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. I was, I didn't make this decision blindly, you know, and as I said, right my ancestors had been doing this for generations upon generations and, you know, had been well. And so I just didn't think that I was doing anything earth shattering, but of course consulting with my, um, my healthcare professionals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, what did you do to prepare for your birth? So, um, do you mean in terms of my home birth, that how I got to the home birth? Yeah. 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 Oh dear. So, um, I went to one midwife appointment and she had asked, what would I do with my oldest when I was time for, to have a baby? And I thought, you know what? I don't know. And that actually makes me anxious. I'm, you know, I have no idea what to do. We don't have any family here. We do have some friends, but I mean, I'm not quite sure if I would have been comfortable waking them up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning to say, Hey, by the way, baby's coming. So she just proposed the idea of home birth. And I thought, yes, what? That's an option. And so I was like, absolutely, I want to do this. And then I knew that my husband, who's more, I'm a very bubbly person, as I'm sure you could tell. Yes. Uh, my husband is more black and white and a bit more like, you know, leans towards what the professionals say. And so I thought, yeah, how am I going to get him to, about, you know, I didn't want this to be one that I won. I didn't want it to be like, oh, you won this fight or you won mm. this um, request. Yeah. I had proposed the idea to him and he said, no, I don't like it. And I said, okay. So I left it alone for about a week or two or maybe a month. And then I asked again and I said, you know, what do you need to, what do you need to make an informed decision? Because I realized that he was responding out of place of fear. I'm a social worker as well. So, you know, like mm-hmm. it's really good for me to kind of assess where, when somebody is saying something, where is it really coming from? And I right. thought to myself, this might be coming from a place of ignorance or, you know, fear. So what is it? What do you need to be able to feel comfortable? And I know that it's my body, but we are a family and what, and his input was really important to me. And so, um, he just said, I just need to do a bit more research. So he went ahead and did his own research and he said, you know what, Vanessa, I actually think this is a great idea. And I said, sure. And I said, Hey, why don't we even do some more, um, they had a, um, a home birth, uh, course that you could take. Okay. Who was providing that? That was the midwife, oh, the midwifery nice. center. They provided one where you went into their, um, their midwifery center and um, they had like all the tools that they bring to your home. They just explained to you the whole process, talked about the statistics between, you know, what is something was to happen at home um, and the distance that you would drive from your home and in the hospital, the response time. So for example, I live about half an hour away from the hospital. That would have been the same time or even longer that if something was to happen, it didn't have a um, um, a staff on site that they would need to call in to get in the, in the hospital anyways. Right. Um, and we have about two hospitals in this area. One was a level three and one is a level one hospital. And so if I had attended that hospital for childbirth, that would have been the same equipment that they can bring to my home. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they were able to explain it like that. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. So please stop me. And, um, I am I following. Can, yeah. You're following. Okay. Yes. Good. Yes. It does make yeah. sense. Yeah. So they had explained that they would bring a level one hospital equipment to my home, which included a resuscitator, included like the suction, included like, you know, um, 
some of the other uh, um, drugs, and it escaped me here, it will come back to me, some of the other drugs that I would need to make my blood clot if needed, um, you know, in sit, like uh, stitches. I mean, anything that yes. you would need in a level one hospital, they were going to bring it here. Um, they also talked about, you know, um, making sure that my home was um, equipped to handle, um, in the case of an emergency, could the ambulance come in easily and get out? Mm, and so they yeah. also came into my home and did a search. And I'm not a search, like a walkthrough okay. um, where I was planning to have the baby and whatnot. So, I mean, with all that information, the home visit, it just felt right. It felt yes. so to have the baby at home, they gave me a list of things I needed to purchase. One of them was a mirror. One of them was like a sift just to like pick up, you know, extraments from the, you know, from yeah. the, um, from the pool. They had asked for like several towels and sheets. So for example, they had given me a liner. They actually gave me this. They also, they brought their own kit that they gave me prior, which had like the puppy pads and liners for my bed, liners for my couch. In case if I wanted to move around the house, everything was protected. Okay, they gave great. me, they gave that to me for free. And then my role was now to provide like towels uh, um, and a little bit of linen and a few, you know, um, uh, things in my bag, like a, um, that I just needed to be, to have ready. So I did have a hospital bag ready just in case, you okay. know, you never know yes. what happened, yes. but I also had a, a laundry basket full of things that I would need for there. So for example, I needed a, a, a Ziploc bag for my placenta that okay. was also included in the list. I needed a bowl for the placenta because they needed to check the placenta once it was delivered. So they would ask for everything you have in your house. And if you didn't hmm. have it, you could, um, they had suggested just buying like cheap towels or whatever you didn't mind getting rid of. Um, but if you wanted to use a good towels, they were also able to tell me what I needed to get, like hydrogen peroxide and um, the, 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 um, the uh, laundry type soap to get all, all the stains. So I, I had no stains and how to clean up. So they, you know, I had everything that I needed and everything was in my home except for the hydrogen peroxide, which I didn't know. So I just bought a big four gallons of it, you know, um, four, one gallons of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. Mm -hmm. And so because you had your birth in the birthing pool, did you find that you needed all those material? Yeah, because so when, um, you know, yeah, you, you do, because I went from, I had the baby at home, but they, had me deliver my placenta. Um, okay. the, the plan was to deliver the placenta in, in the bed. So I would have needed to put the towels down I and see. then to try and dry myself because you're soaking wet. Right. Yes, and then the yes. baby needs towels. And so, I mean, I, I want to say I had about eight towels and I pretty much went through all of them. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. the ground is wet too. You're stepping on the, out of the, um, the pool, you're right. soaking, you're dripping wet. So yeah. yeah, I end up using pretty much everything that I needed. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. blankets for the baby yeah. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. And so mm -hmm. your husband was on board after these classes and after you convinced him that this is something that you wanted to do. And it's time for a break. Okay, okay, I want to keep talking about Kabibi because we just added some hair accessories. We have a stylist on there that makes these really cute bonnets, like she even does mommy and me sets, and I cannot wait to get a pair for me and my daughter, because uh, <laughs> it's so fun having a girl. I've always dreamed about us having like matching outfits and things like that. So if you want a bonnet, they're only $20, free shipping if you're in Toronto and GTA, Check it out. Link will be below.
And so your husband was on board after these classes and after you convinced him that this is something that you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. So it was only one class and then the home visit and that was more than enough. And he had also done his own research. Okay. And so, and as I said, he's in the healthcare himself. And so once, I mean, he wasn't even aware that um, the midwives are actually licensed uh, medical professionals. He wasn't aware Hmm. of that. Right. So Hmm. when he saw that, he's like, okay, they're licensed. Okay. This makes sense. So, you know, just again, not having enough information, sometimes we, we don't make you know, the right choice or the informed choice. And so with all armed with all that information, he thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, and did it works you, for us, us. That's great. Did you ever know anybody, any other women in your family or your friends that has had a successful home birth? No, that was the thing. So this was the first, um, I knew no one, I didn't mm. know anybody in my, um, at one time at the, uh, midwife center, I had, um, I, there was a lady who she was on her, this was her fourth child and she was going to have a home birth Okay. and, um, and had previously had all four children at home, but I, no one in my personal life or like professional life. I mean, no, I, yeah. I actually had never heard of it. Aside from when the idea came up, I started looking on YouTube just to see what was, you know, what that looked like and what it entailed. But other than that, I knew no one. So it was the first time my older sister now she was would be the first person in my family to have a midwife instead of an OBYNG. Okay, wow. So yeah. that would be, you know, that. But no, I, um, I didn't, and you know, one. And did it take a lot of convincing of your parents <laughs> and your husband's parents? Oh to, dear. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to say this in an accent because it would be way funnier than if I stayed regular. <laughs> so um, my, uh, we didn't tell any of my family members until about two weeks before. I told my oldest sister and she okay. is a nurse oncologist. Okay. Um, and so she just was not having it. She's just like, this mm. is dangerous. Are you yeah. don't want it to risk? The-? Anyways, it went on and on. I would save you all the yeah. details. She was not supportive. She was probably the first person I told. Okay. Um, and then I had to tell my mother and my mother-in-law. And I did not tell my father-in-law because, again, he's a medical professional as well in yeah. this field. And so I knew he would have been a definite no. So he didn't know until the baby came that it happened at home. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he was just, <laughs> like, beside himself. Oh, goodness. Yeah. He's like, huh? <laughs> you keep on me. You had the baby at home? baby so i'm african so you know there's just all of this unnecessary drama that comes with it (laughs) right right but my mother-in-law and my mom and my dad was like ah god what have i done to this child why do you want to embarrass us like this (laughs) you know what i mean so they were just um again completely shocked and you know they would call me want to host like prayer meetings to talk about how we need to like change my mind and really You know, for me, it, um, as I said, like my faith is really important to me. And of course. it wasn't a, a decision that I made just kind of, even with all the research that I talked about that we did, we knew in our heart because we had already prayed about it and really felt the go ahead from, from God. And we just had a sense of peace about it. Right. So yeah, yeah. that was, and because we had that sense of peace and we had, you know, the extra support to back that up it didn't matter what our family had to say, which was really difficult because they, we do value their opinion. And it was very strong. It was really clear they did not support us mm. and did not want this to happen. And um, they couldn't even try and fake it, you know? And for them, rem- remember, they're coming from um, Ghana, Nigeria, and right. wherever else. And they've seen women who had lost their babies um, at home. And so the idea of being a first world nation, mm. we're in Canada, free healthcare, they're right. like, why would you ever want to have to have the baby at home? And when I explained to them that, hey, back home, you didn't have 
licensed um, professionals who were not willing to compromise their license or, you know, were, had been trained, had gone to school, just like a doctor would have gone to school. And their sole purpose in life, you know, work life was to deliver babies. So this is nothing new. So I would, I had tried to do some education, but that fear of the past and what they've known was so strong. I mean, I wasn't going to convince them and they weren't going to change my mind. I knew what we were prepared to do. And I also knew what God had laid on our hearts. So Mm. I was like, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But my parents, sorry, my, I should say my mom came around towards the end. She was just like, you know what, if it's anybody, Vanessa, I know it would be you and that, you know, I want to be there. I want to support you. But it really, like, it took her, and this is like the 11th hour. Like, it, she initially, they were not having it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's important that, you know, you, you trusted the instruction from the Lord. And that gave you peace. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I love when you said that. It gave you peace that you were making the right decision. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and just the confidence to go forth with your home birth. Uh, despite, yeah. despite literally everyone else. Uh, trying yeah. to steer you a different direction. Yeah. And, you know, I think the hardest part was when I heard comments, and I'll be honest, like, let's just kind of get there, right? It was hard to hear people say that I was trying to convince my husband that I was forcing my husband to do this because they knew that out of the two, he would not be supportive of this. Mm. And and it was just really hard to try. Look, this was our decision, and they couldn't even buy that, right? And right. so um, it, was, it was a bit tough, but as I said, like, this wasn't a matter of you just woke up and you decided I was going to do this. I had been praying about it. I felt, you know, and, and I, this is not, oh, you prayed about it and God will provide. No, there was a due diligence that was done. So also being really clear about that as well too. Right. So we weren't just being like, uh, you know, you know, um, like, um, I don't know how to say it, but you know what I mean? Like it was just, um, yes, feeling that God was giving us a peace to do about it, but Mm. also he, he, he gave us homework to do. And because of all the homework we're able to do, it solidified that peace that we already had. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is so important. Your birth plan at home, were you planning to deliver in the water or on your bed? So I wanted that flexibility. I initially, I do have a big tub. Um, and so when the midwife came and saw my home, she thought, you know what, Vanessa, I don't think that your, your hips will spread wide enough in the angle that I think you might want okay. in your tub. So she suggested, that, why don't you get a birth pool? I was like, okay, you know, um, so I got a birth pool. Yeah. Um, and then, so if you get a birth pool, you'll have to get like, um, the pipes. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. The pipes and you'll have to get like a hose, drinking water, drinking safe water hose or something like that. So it has to be all like, you know, um, food grade right so that okay I didn't know that yeah so the water when I had to get water from my pipe to the um to the pool because the pool was actually in my home right in front of my bed in my bedroom okay and you can't just get like a hose from your backyard no you'd have to go and purchase like a water um I think it's called like a um drinking water safe hose um that quality would have to be had to be a food grade um hose that you would need to use to get the water from um, one end to the other end. And then um, when the water also got cold, we would just boil like um, water in a kettle and just pour it in, you know, um, yeah. so that the water would, would stay because it loses, it's an open space, right? So the, right. it would lose um, heat. So we decided that we were going to do a water birth. I had nice. asked my husband, funny story. I said, oh, babe, do you want to be in the tub with me? He said, no, thank you. <laughs> um, and I respected him, you know, if you get yeah. He's a lovely man. I love, love, love. But he just knows what he just wasn't all like, wanted to get up all of my grill and all that fun stuff That's that out when you're having a baby, right? Because he right. saw the first time. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know, Vanessa, I'll be there with you. I will support you. And of course, he did all of that. He doesn't want to be in the tub. So I got, um, 
a single person's tub, which is still big enough for two people to be in there anyways, if he changed his mind. But it was like a, about a, the size of like a queen bed, if you think like, you know, just to kind of give you some perspective, like a size okay, of a nice. queen bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was circular. And then you had to purchase. So I was able to rent the um, uh, birth pool from the midwife, but I had to purchase the liner that went inside the pool because then that would have essentially be thrown away just to add okay. safety. And then I had to also purchase the, um, the, the tube to get the water, the hose. And then if your faucet did not convert easily, like there was another attachment that you needed to get, but I mean, this is all yeah. under like maybe I want to say 40 bucks, right. Okay. For everything yeah, that you needed. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't too bad. And then the liner I think was about a hundred bucks or maybe less. Right. And so, yeah. um, I labored pretty much. My labor was really quick, but for the most part, my plan was to have the baby in the water. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So let's talk about it. The beginning Mm -hmm. stages of your labor. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I woke up around, uh, three o'clock, like my eyes opened. Let's just start. Let's just back up for a bit. So the, the, the Sunday, I had made jollof. I had made some stews. Like I, I cook. I love to cook. Yeah. But I was okay. Okay. Let mm -hmm, okay. We just talk about jollof for a minute. I'm just really curious because uh, you, you have you know Ghanaian roots and Nigerian roots. So I know there's this big war on jollof rice. Listen, do not even begin this war. So I am Ghanaian. My husband is Nigerian, and Ghanaian jollof is the best. But let me tell you because I want to have peace in my home. I yeah. make a little bit of both. So that's okay. my to keeping my marriage alive. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do is the Ghanaian jollof, um, you usually need um, tomato paste. So what I do is, oh my goodness. Okay. All y'all who are married, Ghana and Nigeria, I'm about to save your, I'm going to save you with this argument and you're going to just find peace from now on. So instead of using tomato paste to make my stew, I use the um, sweet peppers that they blend. So okay. it gives it that still richness of, um, of the red color that you're looking for. Right. But it doesn't give it that bit of that tart that yes, the onion jollof has because yes. of exactly because of the um, uh, tomato paste. And it, in fact, gives it the sweetness from the Nigerian jollof because you're using all of the sweet peppers. And I bet you my husband is going to probably like burst in here just saying, yes, because you know we're the best, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, well. the, that's a little trick. And okay. So we found a happy medium. Nice, yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. My husband. And I don't use parboiled rice. Okay. You don't use parboiled rice. I don't parboiled. use parboiled rice. I use, I use the jasmine rice. Mm, Let's make that yes. really clear. Mm-hmm. That would add a nice <laughs> fragrance. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I haven't made jollof rice since being married <gasps> to my Nigerian okay. husband. Mm-hmm. I. It, 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 it's a process. Like I, 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 yeah. So I definitely need to get the stew. Okay. Yeah. Once you master the stew, I will tell you, because if you know how to cook white rice, that's the easy part. Now you need to know how to make the stew and the stew must cook well. So all the oil Mm. has to be at the top of the stew. Then you'll know your stew is done. Okay. And then you cook your, your rice in it. The problem is that people don't wait enough for their stew to be cooked. And so you're almost like, um, boiling tomatoes is supposed to like frying the tomato sauce, right? Hmm. And that's the secret. Don't worry, I'll hook you up, girl. <laughs> please, please send me your recipe yes. and how you do it because yeah. I, that's definitely one thing I want to make for our yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you are cooking some jollof rice, doing a mix of both um, mm-hmm. before the your Sunday before. Started. Okay. Yeah, so I had them on a Monday. So the Sunday, 
And I just really felt, um, uh, I guess, uh, Braxton Hicks. Is that how I say it? Yeah, Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks, yeah. Yes. So I would feel it, and it was very consistent. It was consistent, but there was no pain. It was consistent enough for me to call my midwife and say, hey, you know, I just been every so often, I've been having this, you know, constant, um, you know, cramping. And I'm wondering if I'm in labor. And she said, Vanessa, what did you do? And I said, oh, I cooked a lot. I made this. She's like, girl, you are not in labor. And I said, okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah. she's like, maybe things might change. This is around four o'clock that day. On so the, is this around your due date time? No, um, he actually came early. I was due on the, um, on the 31st. Okay. Um, but he came on the 18th. But again, the nature of my work, I was, ex- I'm, I'm on the move all the time on my feet. I'm, yeah. you know, meeting from client to client. So I mean, if you like, because I knew the baby would come early because my first also came a little earlier. Um, when you're not kind of sitting still and resting as much as you, you know, you should, yes. things tend to kind of move a little quickly. Right. Right. So, um, the, I mean, I wasn't in pain labor hadn't started, but I it was enough to kind of have that Braxton Hicks very like frequently. And I thought, Hmm, is there something going on? She said, Vanessa, you're not on labor. You cooked all this food and I know you, you cook a lot. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's no way you could be in labor. Maybe in a couple hours, things might change. Let me know. So we went to bed and around, um, around three o'clock, my eyes popped open. I said, yes, this is labor. Wow. <laughs> it just slapped me like real. I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. So I thought to myself, all right, let me just go and shower. And my husband was like, mm, why would you want to shower? Can you just chillax? And I'm like, no, I'm going to shower. <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, pretty much I started showering at this point, my contractions were getting stronger. I would have to stop and take a breath, you know, um, when I need to catch my breath, I, even in the shower, I remember just having to kind of take, it was really quick. It was really, really quick. And around uh, 4.30, he's like, Vanessa, this is the real thing. Let's call the midwife. And I thought, no, this can't be, I can't be this. It's too early. Let's just let them sleep. It's four o'clock. So he and thought, were contractions yeah. pretty intense at this point? And we'll answer that question in the next episode. Wow, I just love how intimate Vanessa's birth story is so far. I mean, everyone in that birth space, she already knew. Like, she met them. They weren't strangers. Even the photographer. And with giving birth in a hospital, sometimes it's just so difficult to control who is in that space with you. And research shows that it slows down labor. So I hope you were taking notes because she really goes into the material and the organization that is needed to prep for a home birth. So tune in next week to hear the rest of Vanessa's home birth story. Don't forget to rate this podcast five stars in Apple iTunes. It just really helps with getting the show out there and it costs you nothing. Nada. Okay. Thank you, Mamalitas. Podcast was produced by me, Pida Ogumbi, the music by Greg Rossetti, and the graphic design by Amanda Fortune.